Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts.
come from Pentecostal family. My father is this, my uncle is that, my great-grandmother was a prophetess and all the good accolades. So come on, talking about church, I'm all churched up. And then she says, that's good, then I need you to come follow me to go to church. Now thinking that was just normal, I mean, come on, we go to church all the time. And with a lustful heart for this young lady, I followed to church. And I didn't go alone. I took three of my friends because we just wanted to represent, right? Going on an entourage. Kind of making a big opening. Here we come. The church folks are here. Now, on that Sunday, just like perhaps this Sunday, a very big church way back in that country called Ghana. We sat way back there. Because we didn't want anybody to recognize that we were in church. And the pastor preached. Very simple, yet powerful message. Now when he started, there was nothing unique about it because I've heard those messages a zillion times in my home. Uh, what is so special about for God so loved the world and gave his only begotten son and whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Nothing unique about it. I've heard it gazillions of times. And then as he kept going and kept going and kept going, it'll seem that was the first time that that young man, by now you know who I'm talking about, has heard that word. And then after he was done, he says, if you're here and you have not accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, I just want to pray with you. And I'm not talking whether you have been to church before. I'm not talking whether your father or mother is a church person. I mean, those of you who have not had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to pray with you. And so we all kind of bow our heads like that. And then that girl who happens to be seated right at her front seat, just lifted herself up, petite little girl, and then looked at the back, seeing where we were, and then she says, and then I looked at my friends, I'm like, what's she doing? What's she doing? And then she won't stop. So I told my friends, man, I can't go up front alone, guys. You got to go with me. And so, you know, we thought it was, yeah, why not? Let's just go. And we went all the way back then. That's when they call you up front, right? Some of you remember that. And then we were standing right in front of the church. And then Pastor asked the first guy, so who brought you here? And then he points to the next guy. It says him. And then, okay, so who brought you here? And then he points to the third person. And then Pastor says, you guys are kidding me, right? No, 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 he invited me. And then they asked him, and then he also points to who? Moi. And then Pastor says, okay, so now you are the chain for all these people. Now who invited you? Now I didn't know what I should say to girl. Because my motives was not to come to church. My motive was to, you know, have a relationship with this petite, beautiful girl. And so putting her on the spot in the church environment, I felt, come on, man. And then something hit. Right at my core, it says, point her out. And I said, my mouth, you know, shivering and all over the place. I said, um, please, um, it's her. And then the pastor says, who, her? And then they said, come on, rise up. And the whole church, pop, 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 pop. With a round of applause because she's brought 
three strong boys into the church. Now, the conversation went on a little bit longer, and the apostle says, Now, have you accepted the Lord as your personal Savior? The easy answer would have been yes. The true answer was no. Because though I came from a churchy house, prayerful house, tongue-speaking Pentecostal house, prophecies that come to pass house, healings taking place left and right, right underneath my eyes, I realized that day that I wasn't saved. Not even close. Because if I was, my motive for coming to that church wouldn't be pursuing a girl who would be having an intimate relationship with Jesus. And so that day, almost like a brick hitting your head and your heart, lifted my hands with two of my friends. We accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, lives have not been the same since then. So I speak, one is a pastor in London. One is a worship leader here in Washington. Well, somebody is standing here, supposedly your pastor. Hallelujah. You can give a mighty hand to the Lord. Now, I've shared this to some of you and probably even here at church before, but I wanted to share it again. That is the power of the gospel. That is what a gospel can do. Now, this young lady sitting here is very lucky and blessed. Because right after that conversion, whatever it was that attracted me to that young girl, whether it was lust or infatuation or whatever, just gone. Completely gone. My evil intentions of pursuing her was just... Of course, I had no idea that I was going to meet some gorgeous, anointed, prepared woman in my life. Oh, hallelujah. But at that moment, what I thought was my whole thing was gone. Because God knew that my intentions for pursuing that young lady was not righteous. And even most importantly, she was not the one prepared for me, except she was the one prepared to bring me to salvation. To salvation. Listen, you're sitting here, young lady, young man, brother, sister, mom. God is dependent on you. That you will bring somebody to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Here to encourage somebody that don't hesitate. Stand on your grounds. Represent who you claim to be as a child of God. Who is endowed with the power of the gospel. Preach hearts into Christ. Preach hearts into salvation. Preach hearts into redemption. That's who he's called us to do. What we are supposed to do. Ephesians chapter 6, 14 to 20. This is where the theme of this year was taken from. And if you indulge me, I just want to read the whole so that we can just pick from what the Lord wanted us to pick from this month. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, reading from chapter 6. 
Verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And verse 15 says, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me. That utterance may be given me that I may open my mouth boldly, boldly to speak the known and make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Somebody shout a big amen. Equipping the church as an army to possess nations. This whole month we want to dwell on proclaiming the gospel of peace. When you read this verse critically, you would realize that in concentration of where we want to delve into, Paul was making sure that the church understood the mandate given them. Using a metaphor, if you will, and then describing a Roman soldier, he's making sure that they understand what it means to be completely geared up, completely armed as a believer of Jesus Christ. And the phrase that he uses here, even though that word seems to be kind of like an old English, shod, S-O-S-H-O-D, shod, your feet into the gospel and in preparation of the gospel, as though he was saying, put on your foot into that shoes. Put on your feet into that sandals. Make sure your boots are on, because we got to move. Now, the analogy also means that if we're talking about shoes or boots or sandals, then we are anticipating some walk, some move, some going, some movement, not some stagnation as we're sitting in this beautiful auditorium. But then the anticipation is if you've got to put your shoes on, then we've got to move out of this place. But the analogy goes even further because in describing a Roman soldier, Paul was actually describing how the Roman soldier's sandals actually looks like. Thank God in our days we had nice shoes and we have laces that we can do put on and tighten up and we all fitted up. Back then it was a sandals and the only thing that helped them stand was because they made spikes underneath it. The spike was supposed to be able to keep them grounded and then they had, if you will, leather belts where you tie them around your tibia, so to speak. Keep them tightened. Because in those days, you're in war, in terrain, you have mountains, you have valleys, you have slopes, and you have rainy places, as in uh, terrains that are wet, mushy. 
And if you were wearing a Nike shoes at that time, you wouldn't make it. So if you were to say, I bought that 300 Nike shoes, it would just be dancing around the throne of glory in here. But it would not be able to take you to the terrains. And so he was describing a shoe that has spikes. What does that mean? So that when you are in tough places, tough circumstances, times where you don't even feel like proclaiming it, you are still standing. Nothing moves you. Nothing changes your message. Nothing compels you to say anything else except the shoes in which you stand. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is my prayer, church, that we don't talk about these, but we do these. Oh, hallelujah. At your workplace, know that you are standing in the gospel of salvation. In your campus, make sure that you buckled up with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The men and women's lives are dependent on you. Just like some of us were. Can you imagine if a young lady was not prepared with a gospel of peace, standing firm, knowing who she was, that she's a new creation, and nothing can touch this sanctified body of hers. And she has said, oh, I've seen some cute boy. Why not? I'm sure it would have been a different story. Have been a different story. I dare say that some of you, somebody is pursuing you likewise. Somebody is pursuing you with some flimsy, cool words. Some vibes. Oh boy, and we did have vibes back then. You're thinking of giving in. I pray in the name of Jesus, may your ears be blocked. And may you even come to the recognition of knowing who you are as a child of God. That this temple is holy and nothing can touch it. And not only that, because you still stand in, in the preparation of the gospel of salvation, you will proclaim a message of salvation unto them. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is what we want to do today. And we pray that the Spirit of the Lord will take us through it. What is the gospel? Today what we are talking about as a sub-theme is the essentials of the gospel. The essentials of the gospel. So in Romans 10, 14, and 17, Paul in the same vein, using the same analogy of going, says something very poignant. It says, how then shall they call on the name or on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Why? Because it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings, other version says, good news, of good news. 
16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes. And faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of the Lord. Amen. This morning the Lord is talking about you and I. There is somebody that needs to call on the name of the Lord. Because the Bible says, He who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Scripture is saying, But how shall they proclaim and call upon the name of the Lord unless they believe? How can they believe unless they hear? Well, how can they hear? Unless there's a proclaimer, a preacher, a person who knows who he or she is. And how can they hear unless they are sent? This is our mandate. This is our call. There's someone in your family who is yet to know who this Jesus is. Some of you, even your very spouse, is yet to know who Jesus is. Some of you, your fathers and mothers, are yet to know who Jesus is. You are the one that has been sent. You are the one that by mercy and grace have been brought out. You will be a light in the dark of your family, your friends, campuses, families. It is essential that we remember and know that this is our calling. And this is our mandate. Proclaiming. The gospel of peace. It's ironic that Paul will talk about spiritual warfare and then chip in a message that brings peace. So we're all on the war field and trying to kill our enemies and defeat them and it's an offensive war, but why are we going to preach peace? Well, the answer is not too long ago, you were also at war with God. Scripture says that we were enmity with him. We were strangers. We were enemies of God. A God who is full of mercy through his son has drawn us near to him. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ, that spirit that overshadows darkness and death and sin sets me free has brought me back unto himself. That is our message. That is our mandate. Oh, hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19, even as we build upon the same premise. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. How does that work? That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing the trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Oh, hallelujah. I hope that somebody was going to shout a big amen to that. It is highly improbable, impossible for sinners like us to be transformed, to become ambassadors 
of a holy God. And to be given the mandate to go to sinners and say, hey, there is hope for you. Except by the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. said it many times here, I bet you, if you were to know half of my friends, and they happen to be seated in this pew, they'll be laughing, like, my goodness, what? Carl? Seriously, Carl? Oh, but God is merciful. God is merciful. And I know some of you have the same testimony. Maybe you are blessed. You were, you know, you were born saved from your mother's womb. So you didn't have to go through anything. If you've been through some trenches or some places that you are ashamed to even mention, and then now you're standing on pulpit speaking to God's people whom he's purchased with his own blood. It's only by grace. But it comes by the proclamation of the gospel of peace that we have made peace with God through Christ Jesus and he has made us ambassadors preaching the message of reconciliation. That's our call. Question is, what are you waiting for? Question is, what's your excuse? We're praying that this year we have been given a target, and it's a very small target as a church, to win only 50 souls. Scanning through the church, and we are more than 50 in the house. You determined that the whole year, starting even today, March, to the end of December 31st, your only duty is to win one soul. Think about it. One. Just one. Not many. One. Can you imagine how many souls we will draw from the camp of the enemy into the camp of Jesus Christ? Think about it. And so I'm speaking this in an attempt to conscientize your mind that souls are dying. Pastors are in the camp of the enemy. Apostles are in trenches. Prophets who could save People's lives are being kept in the dungeons of the enemy. It takes you and I to go and preach that gospel. And God himself will turn situations around before we realize somebody who used to be a drug addict is standing here also preaching. Gospel of salvation. A couple of years ago we had Evangelist Greaves visit the youth and pencil ministry. He had tattoos all over his body. Sharing his testimony. How he used to be in love with drugs. I'm talking love. He's in love with it. That's an occasional user. He, he was entrenched in it. Super rock star. Nobody can play the lead guitar than he. Touring the whole United States. Until one point he's lying in his bathtub in a hotel and he feels the urge to die. A voice speaks to him. Now this brother is walking all over the United States preaching the gospel. And every time he sends me a picture of what God is doing in his life, my, my goodness. He's trying to take some of the tattoos off and says, Carl, you know, I've just given up. It doesn't matter. It's not about this body. It's that which is in me. That which is in me. That which is in me. Hey, you are an ambassador of Christ. It's our call to proclaim the gospel of salvation. Freely have we received, freely shall we give. Oh, hallelujah. Now, what are the essentials of the gospel? 
so that we know what we are about. In our dispensation, people walk around and proclaiming different types of gospels. Prosperity gospel, healing gospel, I'll make you have a baby gospel. I'll make you have millions in three months gospel. You mention it. I know you know what I'm talking about. There's no gospel except the gospel of Jesus Christ. I said there is no other gospel except the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so if you are in that state of mind of following some pseudo type of gospel, some specialty gospel, some elite type of gospel, pray in the name of Jesus that the Lord will bring revelation and clarity that the only gospel that we have been charged to preach is the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is only one name given to men here on earth and underneath the earth in all God's created universe that men shall be saved. And that name is Jesus. Simple. That's it. Essentials of the gospel. Jesus the Savior. Jesus the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Jesus my healer, Jesus, our soon coming king. That's it. Some of you know that this is called the four square gospel. Yeah. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can save me, I have no use for him. Can edify me with his power that enables me to overcome sin and do greater exploits, I have no use of him. If he can't heal me physically and spiritually and emotionally, what's the point? And if I have no hope, and this is the only hope I have here, then I'm most pitiful. Therefore, Jesus says, I am your Savior. I am your healer. I am the one that baptizes you with power and unction to do what you can even imagine you can do. And guess what? I am preparing a better place for you than whatever you're going through here. Even in the name of Jesus. When we go out there, when we speak to our friends, when we try to win souls, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we pray that God will help us understand, even as we equip ourselves as an army to possess nations. So Paul will say that I am not ashamed of this gospel, because to me it is the power, Romans 1, 16 and 17, of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Talks about first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. For in this gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is not, that is by faith from first, just as it is written, that a righteous shall live by faith. Jesus, my Savior, what does that mean? Christ, the Son of God, who died on a cross for sinful men and humanity, and those who believe in Him through His atoning death, forgiveness of sin and redemption, and eternal life are made theirs. That is Christ, our Savior. Christ, our Savior. Sin just puts us in captivity. But Jesus redeems us 
Sin makes us slaves. Jesus makes us saints. Sin puts us in shame. Jesus glorifies himself in us. And so once we were in the dark, by his grace, the Bible says, he translates us into his marvelous light. So that people see the glory of this great God in us. Why? Because we have been saved. We have been saved. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. Sing one more time. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Praise the Lord. That is our song. That is our song. Oh, church, I said that is our song. God in his own mercy and grace redeeming what belongs to him. Cleansing us, washing us, sanctifying us, purifying us, equipping us to do his bidding. Therefore, as I go out to proclaim the gospel of peace, my first objective is to make the world know that there is one name. The name is Jesus Christ and he is the only savior. The only Savior. The only Savior. Oh, the only Savior. Romans 10, 9, 10 says that if I declare with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, then I shall be saved. For it is written, with my heart I believe and with my mouth I am justified because I profess the name of Jesus Christ. You are here, you are watching me from home, you are struggling in life, you're not even sure. Some of you, you're not even sure about your own salvation because mom brought you into church, dad brought you into church, a friend brought you into church. Listen, I was also a churchy man. Not the inside out of COP, trust me. But I yet was not saved. I preach Jesus to you. The only Savior given to man just come as you are. All you need to do is accept him. That he has already paid all your baggage, your sin, the sinful guilt. And he's going to replace it with something glorious. Because you were created for a purpose. And until you accomplish that purpose, Jesus is still pursuing you. Come! And you will receive salvation for your soul. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is Jesus, our Savior. Oh, how he loved us. And how he still loves us. And how he will continue to love us. That's what's amazing about this man. What's amazing about this man. Yesterday, let me digress a little bit. We were at a funeral service at our sister church. And the moderator or the MC. Uh, our sister, very jovial, gave a joke and says, <laughs> uh, it's amazing in our dispensation, somebody was looking for uh, a tenant or a roommate. And then on the 
uh, I guess the announcement or the advert or whatever, the disclaimer says, I want a born-again Christian. Thank <laughs> this me. And then present another way that they may have heard that. It just dropped in my spirit. I'm like, wow. They want a born-again. What did they say? They want a what? A born-again Christian. Why a born-again Christian? Why not anybody else that can pay double the price? Why not a person who is good and clean and decent and does all his or her stuff proper? But the disclaimer says, the only person that I'm allowed to be my roommate or at least rent my apartment, whatever that was, is a born-again Christian. Now, the flip side of the thing is I'm seeing him says, okay, and this apparently sister or brother, whoever is asking for this uh, tenant is also a Christian. But the question we need to ask ourselves is, what have you done to win more born-agains? Because if we had everybody born again, you wouldn't have put that disclaimer there. Hello? Lord, grant us mercy. Mercy. Jesus, our Savior. Jesus, our Savior. That is what we are talking about. Number two. Jesus, the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 5, and then verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jump on to verse 8. It says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. I also want to turn to Acts chapter 2, 32. Acts chapter 2. 32. This Jesus God has raised up and of which we are all witnesses. You may want to just take note of that word in Acts chapter 1, 8 witnesses and in Acts chapter 2, 32 here also witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of what? The Holy Spirit. He poured out this, which you now see and you now hear. First scripture, Acts 1, Jesus promising them of the fact that they need to tarry in Jerusalem. And then from a few days from now, they'll be endued with power from on high. Because these were the redeemed of the Lord. These were those who have been equipped by Jesus Christ. Prepared to what? Possess nations. But you need power. You need that which takes you to break and to build and to extend your territory. Therefore, go wait for me. And then here in Acts 2, that power had come upon them. And people were asking, what is this? What is this that we see amongst these unschooled Galileans and Jews who hitherto were criminals and fishermen and womanizers and gossipers and you put your resume there. And then Peter gets up and as he's preaching, this is what he said. This Jesus, 
That same one, yeah, talking about that same one that was on the cross a few days from now. It is he who God has raised up. Oh, hallelujah. Kabaros. And of which we are all witnesses. Because we saw him ascend. Saw him live, showing himself to us. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of the Father God, he has received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. Why is it a promise? Because he has told them that you will be undued from power from on high. And when that comes, you will be my witnesses. There's a tendency to witness something and forget the next day. There's a tendency to observe something and not have the boldness to proclaim it. There's a tendency to be there. But perhaps the shame and the guilt of your past life prevents you from speaking to your friend about that same experience that you just had. But when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. Power that breaks through the guilt and shame the shyness that is within, and you will speak concerning me, says Christ. Peter says, that is the power that has come over us. He poured upon us. And this is all that you see. Jesus, the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Oh, how I pray that if you are here and you have not been yet baptized, and dude, infill with that power. It is yours. Begin to desire the Lord. Pour in me that unction. To be able to do more than I'm doing now. To be able to break through any obstacles and things that easily entangles me. Because you are the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus, our baptizer. It is essentially important that as we go to preach this message, we should understand that it's not some prophet, some pastor, some evangelist, some teacher, um, you mentioned some angel that endures us with power. It is Christ. It is Christ. Christ is our all in all. That's it. We should be very, 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 very confident in our spirit. That we don't need anybody else but Christ. He's the one that endures, empowers us to be able to do that which he has said we should do. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The spirit that counsels us is the spirit that guides and teaches us. Spirit who is our comforter. The Spirit who is our enabler. This morning, if you're feeling down, I pray that the Holy Spirit will ignite himself in you. Uh, it's been a while. You haven't had a relationship with him. You haven't said good morning, good afternoon, good evening to him for a long time. You're going about doing your own business. You're going about thinking you know best. I am praying that go back to him. Go back to him. Because Jesus says, when I go, I'm sending somebody who has my mind, who has everything that belongs to me. And he will take that which is of me and give it to you. So now that you are the redeemed of the Lord, guess what? The Spirit of God says, here I am. Aren't you going to use me? Aren't you going to engage me? Aren't you going to ask me for directions? 
Aren't you going to ask me for counsel and advice? Aren't you going to let me lead you? Because guess what? Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's our message, church. We have power, supernatural power, beyond imagination that lives in the inside of us. And Christ gave it to us. And therefore, we can go as far as he dictates for us. Even in Jesus' mighty name. That power was to be a witness. It wasn't for us to boast. It wasn't for us to... <laughs> I was listening to some pastor recently. Says, and forgive me, those of you who are not from that Guyanese land there. says, I don't know how to interpret that better in English. And the intimidation is just too much. So super Joshua's walking around thinking everybody is low and you are flying in the realms of the spirit. Stop there, winner, winner. It was for you to preach. That's the purpose of that gifting and grace. That we would win more souls unto the kingdom. Not to intimidate anybody that you are super Joshua's than the other. No. As a matter of fact, if you really understand that that power is not of you, you would humble yourself. May the Lord have mercy upon us. Number three, Christ, who is our healer. We proclaim Him, the healer. Matthew eight seventeen. even as we go through this quick. He Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He Himself. Christ Himself took our infirmities and he bore all our sicknesses. Now, don't jump quickly into your physical sickness and disease, but I want you to understand that sin is a disease. It contaminates the whole body. Mind, body, spirit, soul. When sin infiltrates into the human body, it wants to eat you up. It's worse than cancer. Worse than COVID. Because it messes your whole mind up. Your whole perception to life. It changes your destiny. Your successful trajectory is altered. Why? Because sin has come in. That has always been the plan of the enemy. To kill, to steal, to destroy. Whatever God had planned for you. Ah, but Jesus came. That you and I will have life. And we'll have it abundantly. Have it abundantly. So Jesus heals not only our physical infirmities, but he heals our spiritual disease, sin. That contagious disease that nothing else can heal. Wish that when I was a pharmacist, there was a pill that could heal sin. Sam, we would have been billionaires by now. I hope you are researching that. Maybe you can find that out. The only remedy is Jesus. The only antidote is Jesus. And the amazing thing is you don't need an insurance to go get that medication. Oh, oh, is somebody here? Is somebody in the house? You don't need a doctor to write any prescription for you. You don't need to call the insurance company for prior authorization. You know what prior authorization is? We want to check you out to make sure that you fit for this medication. Do you qualify within these parameters? Because we want you to get a different medication. You don't need a prior authorization. All you need is come and say, Lord, here I am. I'm sick. I am sick. And I need healing. I need healing. 
You're sitting in this church, I pray, by the unction of the Holy Ghost. You need healing. Lift your hands up and say, God, heal my disease. In the name of Jesus. Any aspect of my sinful state that still cannot infiltrate, I rebuke you. In the name of Jesus. I am a son of God, a child of God, a daughter of God, redeemed and sanctified, being prepared for a better place. No amount of sickness can contaminate me. Because Jesus is my healer. He's my healer. Even the way I think changes. Ah, cabro sandaba. You see, back then, isn't it amazing that you go and sin and you come and you are so proud? Oh, today the way we drank, oh my God. Jeez. Oh man, it was a really good time. You duped that brother. Oh, man, I really duped him. <laughs> and we rejoice in sin. It's a disease. Thank God for Jesus, the healer. This month and the rest of the year, and until God comes, Jesus comes, we are proclaiming Jesus as the healer. He is the only healer. And not only that, he heals our physical infirmities. Stay on your feet for a few seconds if you don't mind. We want to pray just two minutes asking Jesus, our healer, to touch every healing soul in this house. Whatever the sicknesses, whatever their names are, spiritually, emotionally, physically, uh, we are praying for the healer, Jesus, Master Jesus, to touch right now. Somebody open your mouth and begin to pray right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you are our healer. You are our healer. You are our healer. You are our healer. Heal every infirmity according to your word, according to your word, according to your word. That is what we ask for, oh God. That all will know that we serve Jesus, the master healer, the master healer, the master healer, the master healer. In the name of Jesus, you're watching from home, you may be sick. We proclaim healing upon your life in the name of Jesus. Everywhere he went. He was too winked. The mighty healer. He heals the lepers. When the cripples open, they started walking. Everywhere he went.
They started walking, walking, cause everywhere he went, Jesus was doing good. He's our healer, the master healer. So whatever you're going through, don't fret, child of God. <laughs> he takes a touch. Takes a touch. Takes a touch. Sometimes he doesn't even have to touch you. It takes you just touching the hem. Ah, the, the man is full of healing grace. Exudes healing. Pray for healing upon your life. Even in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So as I walk out of here and go to campus, go to my school, go to my workplace, in my neighborhood, someone may be sick. What do I do? I exercise my mandate. And say, son, brother, neighbor, I proclaim the name of Jesus, who is the healer. It's like Peter did. Hey, we, we, you know, we can speak good English. We got accent, you know. We, we, we don't know what to do, but there's something we got. Silver and gold, we have none. Qualifications we may not have. As a matter of fact, you are my super boss. I'm just on the floor. But there's something that I have. His name is Jesus. And by the power and authority in that name, may you rise and walk. And that person will rise and walk. Because you did that in faith. And you proclaimed the name Jesus. May God grant us that grace. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Your child is sick. I mean, lay hands on him and proclaim the name of Jesus upon that child. And there shall be healing. Shall be healing. Jesus, our healer. Father, if there are any broken homes amongst us, we are praying for healing in the name of Jesus. When you descend in our homes, things change. They have no right mandate to bow. Somebody, let Jesus take control of your home. Don't put him in that visitor's room waiting for him to leave. That's what some of us have done. We think he just came to visit. Put him in that visitor's room, that small room, that inconvenient room. Waiting at least a week, he's gone. No, 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 no. This whole body belongs to him. That home belongs to him. That is our message. The amazing thing is if we're going to be going to preach that message, then we ourselves need to know and understand that message and begin to appropriate it, even in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And lastly, number four, Jesus, our soon-coming King. Paul says, if this world here in all its goodness and pleasures and bling-blings and you know, anniversaries and parties, and you mention it, the only thing that we are hoping for, boy, and we are the most pitiful. Because for you, you are even doing it halfway. When you are celebrating, you are even confusing. I don't want to do it too over the top. I don't want to do it too low. What is good for a Christian? See, you can't even celebrate properly. Mm -hmm. When you are chilling, you go on a vacation and you're chilling with your spouse, you're even wondering, hmm, 
is this Christian-like? Right? So you are, you, are, you are kind of trying in your own human understanding to kind of fit into some standard. And then after all that, you still don't make it to heaven. You are mobified. You are the most pitiful. Oh, but thanks be to God. That for us, we have a hope. Our hope is not here. Our hope is in the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. John 1, I mean John 14, 1 to 6. Put it on there. Put it on there. Somebody put it on there. Grab your sword. Let's just read this together. John, Gospel 14, verse 1. You got it? Let not your heart be what? Troubled. Believe in God. And believe also in who? Who is talking here? Jesus. Flip it over. Cough in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. What does it say again? Verse 3. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will what? Come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Somebody shout a big amen. Now turn to verse 4. Where I am and where I go, you know. And the way you know. And listen to Brother Thomas. Listen to Brother Thomas. Lord, we do not know where you are going. And how can we know the way? This is Apostle Thomas. Give me a few minutes here. Flip it to verse 5 for me, please. The verse before this, 4. This is Jesus saying, And where I go, you know. Are you following it? Jesus is so confident with these 12 apostles. <laughs> well, that time was 11, unfortunately. Where I go, you know. And the way you know. So Jesus is anticipating us, the church. We have the hope of where we are going. Not only that, but we also know how to get there. And then flip to five. This is Apostle Thomas. Thomas said to the Lord, <laughs> oh, Bro, you don't know even where you are going. Not only that, we also don't know even how to get there. Oh, how I pray that there are no Thomases in this house. Somebody lift your hands up to him. and say, I know where I'm going. And I know how to get there. And I am already on the way. In the name of Jesus. Let's listen to Jesus patiently. He didn't suspend Apostle Thomas. Flip it over for me, IT. Then Jesus said, I, let's read together, I what? Am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, mm, no one who, I said, no one who comes to the Father. Except 
se na safruhu. Period. Period. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You want to get there? Go through me. Says, that's the way, bro. That's the way. My mother, my sister, my father. Jesus is the way. You're watching from afar, watching us from afar on Zoom. The only way is Jesus. The only way is Jesus. And we've already established that you don't need a prerequisite to come to him. You don't need a referral. You don't need some pre-screening. Just come as you are. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he has already gone prepared a place for us. He said when he's done, he'll come get you and I. It's amazing that nowadays we don't even preach this message. Our world has become so, so, so. We die here, we die here, and that's it. We have a place. As a matter of fact, if I don't see you in heaven, and God gives me the opportunity, we will whip you, eh? I will whip you bad. Is somebody here with me? Mm-hmm. He's not going to give me that permission, no. But if he were, I will whip you. You have no choice but to go to heaven. For you to allow some way, shape, or form the enemy to kind of confuse you, infiltrate, make you give up on God and say, "Uh uh-uh, there is nothing out there. Ah, ah, ah. It is impossible. It will never happen. Therefore, I pray that you be assured of your salvation. Paul says, be assured of your calling. Know who you are in Christ Jesus. Established in him. Rooted in him. Being taught by him. So that when he comes, we will not be ashamed. And we will be caught up even in him. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, I put on here, the son of God is coming soon. Are you ready? Are you ready? Revelations 22, 7, even as we wrap up. Behold, I am coming quickly. Quickly. Listen, all signs indicate that he's coming quickly. Hmm? You don't need that gift of prophecy yet. You can see. Jesus has already said it. So it's time for us, the church, to be sure of our calling. Not only that, but to make sure that we are telling, proclaiming the message to the world. That Jesus is coming quickly. Sometimes we say soon, but I like quickly, hurriedly, to redeem his bride. We want as many of us to be part of that convoy. It says, blessed he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Talking about revelation. But indeed, he's coming. Be on your feet. This is the essential. All the essentials, the ethos of the gospel of salvation. It is about Jesus. And it is of Jesus. And it is for Jesus. Jesus, our only Savior. Jesus, our healer. Ah, Jesus, the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, our soon coming King. Who saw us from afar and by His great love and mercy and grace. 
brought us nearer to him justifying us sanctifying us in hope that he would glorify us that is our message my life is in Jesus my destiny is in Jesus my marriage is in Jesus Ah, my schooling and where I will end after graduation is all in his master plan Jesus Jesus Father we bless you Father we bless you Lord I lift your name on high Lord I
yourself unto the Lord. For now you are praying that Father, as long as I'm in you and you in me, I pray that I be established in you. Immovable. Grounded in my faith. With a full assurance and knowledge of who I am in Christ Jesus. That indeed you are my Savior, my healer, my baptizer of the Holy Ghost, giving me unction. And that you are coming back to take me to that place that you have prepared for me. Lift your mouth and begin to affirm this statement. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Confess it. Confess it. Confess it. I am redeemed. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. Justified. Waiting for the super glorification in the name of Jesus. That is it, oh God, we confess today that indeed we are yours, we are yours, we are yours. We are redeemed and saved by that same gospel, the power in that gospel. In the name of Jesus. Let your name, oh God, upon high. Now you may not have a relationship with him so whatever we are talking about may seem strange. But Jesus loves you. He knows you. He knows what you're going through. Your ways are inscribed in palms of his hand. We just want to give you the opportunity to accept him as Lord, Master and Savior. You don't need any prerequisite or pre-screening. Come as you are that you are a sinner and that by his death you have been saved debts have been paid redemption has been claimed that's you and here you want to accept the Lord and, as your Lord and personal savior I just want to pray with you wherever you are say Lord Jesus I thank you I thank you for my life on this day, I acknowledge that I am a sinner who is in need of a Savior. And therefore, I confess, I declare, I proclaim Jesus as my Lord, as my Master, as my Savior. Come into my life. Live in me. Order my steps. And I pray. That I will not miss that boat on that day of glorification. That I will dwell with you all the days of my life and wherever you have prepared for me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Child of God, if you pray this prayer, you are justified. 
you are also part of this family. Oh, give a mighty hand to the Lord. Give a mighty hand to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Now indulge me here, even as we lift up prayer for the world. Praying for Ukraine. We're praying for Ghana. We're praying for Jamaica. Wherever you're from, that the Lord brought you here. It says he calls people from all nations into one place, and we lift holy hands unto him. We want to lift up prayer concerning God's created universe, that he's still the ruler of this world. May the will of the Lord come to pass. May all the chaotic atmosphere that's going on be under his control and subjectivity. We are praying against principalities and powers that infiltrate into parliament houses and congresses and senate halls and influence men and women to do evil stuff. That may the Lord intervene even in the name of Jesus. Hope you and begin to pray right now. Somebody. Yes, 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 yes. Rule and reign, mighty God. Rule and reign, mighty God. Rule and reign, mighty God. Young de 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 Have your seat. Came from heaven to earth. Fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. But this is the bread which comes down from heaven. That one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that I shall give in my flesh, which I shall give to the life of the world. Verse 52 says, And the Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man, drink of his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats of my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Mm. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. 
So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not at your father's, or not that which your fathers ate the manna, and are dead. For he who eats this bread will live forever. And as we get ourselves prepared to dine with the Lord, I want you to do a self-introspection. You need to analyze how far you have come with the journey with this Christ. Yes, there may be times where you may have turned and made a detour. The times where you may have stopped when he said we should go. Maybe times where you felt like giving up and therefore may have entangled yourself with certain things that are not pleasant in his eyes. His word says that he's a just and faithful God. As long as we come to our consciousness and confess, he will forgive. Not only that, but he will cleanse us of all iniquities so that we will stay on track with him. We just want to quickly confess unto the Lord. Because, Father, if we say, there is no truth in us if we say that. And therefore, we are confessing all known and unknown sins, thoughts, and imaginations before you. As we come to eat of your body and drink of your blood, we pray that you purge us. Forgive us. Make us worthy of this prize that was paid on Calvary. Talk to the Lord, somebody. Begin to talk to him. Begin to talk to him. Open up unto him. Strip naked before him. He already knows where he wants it to come from your heart. That you are turning the corner. Repenting from that place. Getting back on track. Father, help us. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. The Bible says that we should do this in remembrance of him. Go ahead and take your emblems. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread. After he had broken it, gave it to them and says, eat. This is my body that has been broken for you. Same manner, he said, he took the cup of the new covenant and said, drink. This is the new covenant in my blood. As oftentimes as you do these, do it in remembrance of me. Remember that I am your savior. Remember that I am your healer. Remember that I am the one that baptizes you with unction from the Holy Spirit. Remember that I am coming soon. And as you do this, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a love for me brought you Go ahead and partake of the body of Christ.
go ahead and partake of the blood of Jesus. again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.